0: Uh, Tim Anita, or our worship pastor and our lead pastor, or are currently on sabbatical, and we are just pleased today to have Mr. Jonathan Lewis with us, our superintendent for the district. Would you guys please give him a hand as he comes up on stage? Thank you so much uh, for the warm welcome that you give to me and my wife, Kathy, who's here with me today, and I uh, just want to say how much we're excited about being here. Uh, one of the things that I just want to say is just a word of thank you to your worship team because... Um, Every song you sang went exactly with what I'm going to talk about today. I mean, could not have been perfect, more perfect. You just, uh, and so you just think about as you, we work through this sermon today, you just let the Spirit lead you as to which one of those songs maybe you want to come up and close with because every one of them would just be absolutely perfect. So (laughs) I just want to say a word of also thanks to you as a congregation um, for the way you support your pastor. And allowing him this time, he and his family this time, to uh, just kind of get away and refl- refresh and reflect. And, and just, you know, when they come back, there's all kinds of what, things that, that the Lord has probably shared with him and, and with Anita. And how this, uh, God has shaped this ministry. And, and there's no telling how many things that they're going to come back and be able to share with you. And, and I just look forward to seeing how God will shape the future just because of this, this time that you guys have allowed them to uh, have together. But also, um, you know, Pastor Tim has done a lot for us as a, as a network of churches because he's been investing in four other pastors over this last year. And, um, and these guys are pastors who are starting out in ministry. This is their very first pastorate. Um, and they were, have been just scared to death. A couple of them have stepped into some really difficult situations, and and yet Pastor Tim has walked with them through this last year and on into this next year as a mentor and a guide and a and a you know just a, someone that they can have as a resource that they can call on. And I know that there's one pastor who says he's told me that I would not have made it through this year if I didn't have Pastor Tim that I could call on. And uh, and I just want you to know uh, just how special your pastor has has been to other pastors. And I know you love him, and I know that you, you know, value his ministry and and value the things that God has done in his life and how he shares that with you. And I just want you to know that uh, that you have all been generous enough to share him with some other pastors, and other churches have benefited because. Of, of that relationship. And so I just want to say thank you on behalf of these other four pastors for you just being that, you know, expressing that kind of generosity and expressing that kind of sharing of, of the resources here within our, our network of, of churches. And also, um, you know, whenever I'm here in Goldsboro, uh, you know, I just kind of, kind of get this uh, feeling as that that I had when I was a when I was a young kid. I had three goals in life when I was a teenager, and um, you know, if one didn't work out, then I was going to fall back on the next one. So the first the first dream was that I was going to be a professional baseball player, and uh, that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life just play baseball. And, uh, you know, that didn't quite work out, but I had another fallback. And uh, the next one was that I was going to be a drummer in a rock band. And so, uh, so you know, I played the, my desks and the steering wheels and drum sets and congas and all of that all my life, but uh, I never have stepped into the rock and roll drummer world just yet, but maybe there's still time. But then there was that other dream is that um, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And so every time I'm here in Goldsboro, there are times when I'm here at meetings during the week, especially, I've told my wife, it's, it's really cool being here during the week because you're here in the church and you hear the planes coming right over you, and, and there are times when I'm sitting here in meetings that I've said, excuse me, I've got to go outside, <laughs> and I just want to watch them go over, I, I just love seeing that, I know we have uh, probably have some Air Force personnel, maybe retired or whatever here today, thank you so much for all that you do, and uh, just one of those, uh, you just kind of inspire uh, all of us in so many ways. But um, so all of that being said, I also want to share with you an interesting story. This, all this has nothing my sermon. I'm just kind of telling you who I am and just some thing, unique experiences. Last uh, last summer, my wife and, and her family, we had been talking for years. We, we'd They're from Puerto Rico, and so family members having come from Spain, we we said, one of these days we want to go to Spain. We want to Spain. We finally planned this trip of a lifetime, and the first day there, we started our journey out in Madrid, the capital of Spain, and so we come down, and uh, we we go out to where we meet with uh, probably about 50 other people who are going to get on a tour bus and tour the city and all of that. And so as this group of people were walking up towards the bus, I hear them talking, and they're talking about, hey, I asked the person at the restaurant for some sweet tea, and I thought, they got to be from the south. <laughs> and so I asked them, you know, you guys are from the south, I heard you talking about sweet tea, and I where are you from? They said, Goldsboro. <laughs> and I said, really, i got a friend of mine who passes a church there called Hydrant Church, and he said, oh, yeah, we've been there, the guy with the beard, right? <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, they, I meet somebody in Madrid, Spain, who has worshiped here with you guys. Oh, yeah, they're really nice people. So, uh, so that's kind of a cool connection all over the world. You just can't get away from Hydrant Church, you know what I mean, wherever you go. So, um, so all that to say, just uh, thank you so much uh, just for giving me the opportunity to come and, and be a part of your ministry and to share in, in all that God is, is doing and accomplishing here. I want to just start out by saying that the the, the title of my, my talk today is that, this, for, that for Jesus to become the center, uh, for Jesus and only Jesus to be the center of our hearts and our lives. You know, we live in a world today, you know, social media is kind of, really dominated and influenced and impacted the way we look at our lives. And even to the point where we kind of feel like we we have a couple of different lives we live. Uh, We have our social media life and wherever it is that you post the pictures of the great food that you're eating or the great times you're having and the good times that, that are taking place with your friends and things like that. But oftentimes, there 's this phenomena that that is taking place in the world in which we live, in that we have this this facebook instagram Twitter world in which we display to everybody else, and it 's all together it 's always happy it 's always smiling and having the best of times and then there 's this other more personal inside world it's it 's actually the real world. <laughs> Where we live with this sense of insecurity and fear and this sense of anxiety and all of these things that are taking place, and we work hard to make sure that the presentation to the rest of the world is that it's all together, it is all good, and everyone is having a great time. Well, the real world is something totally different. Well, scriptures. Constantly pulling us back to what should be the center of all things, and that is Jesus Christ. And today I want to call your attention to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. It's just a powerful. Uh, understanding of what it means to have Jesus Christ at the center of our lives. And I'm going to walk, walk us through this little by little as we work through this, uh, through this portion of, of Scripture today. I'm going to read the first four verses. It says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. This is a wonderful portion of scripture because it really kind of sets us in the frame of mind and an understanding of of really where it is that our mind should be, and and really it has shaped how we look at salvation, right? Because in the sense that that. When we talk about salvation and we talk about an experience with Jesus Christ, the experience of forgiveness and all of those things that come with it, we understand that God has done an amazing work in us. I mean, he has changed us. He has forgiven us. And and we've come through the season of uh, of youth camps and children's camps and things like that. And one of the most important aspects of those children and youth camps is the ability for children and teens to accept Jesus Christ into their hearts. And and it's a wonderful experience of helping them to see that even as a young person, that they are able to take their eyes off of the things of the world and set their hearts. On Jesus Christ at a young age begin to shape that frame of reference because we need that all through our lives. And so when a person accepts Jesus Christ, it is the beginning of, at the, of what we hope to be a lifetime of taking their eyes off the world and putting their eyes and their focus and their heart on Jesus Christ. When we talk about a, an experience of, of salvation, we, we use a term called being born again, And so in the sense that you have been born again, that is a new life that has been generated. It's a new life that is before you, right? And um, we used to sing an old hymn. And it said, it would say there's a new name written down in glory, you know, because it's something new, a new life is being born out before you. And all of those things are new. Everything is now lying before you in newness of life. That's what salvation means. However, there's a, there's a phrase that that is thrown in here that, that kind of stops us dead in our tracks, because we have to realize that in the midst of this newness of life, something else has to happen. Because it says there in verse, in, uh, verse 3, that in, in spite of the fact that this newness, newness of life has taken place, it says, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, you, will, you also will appear with Him in glory. You know, I've got this great sermon that I've preached millions of times. And in the course of that, I tell the story of just how, you know, the Scripture does tell us that when one person receives Christ, that all of heaven rejoices, right? Now, I've got this great story of being in Costa Rica and during the time of World Cup soccer. And uh, and they're playing uh, in. They're actually the, the uh, Costa Rican team was playing in England, and so uh, so it was like two o'clock in the morning when they were playing Brazil, and you can understand now just kind of what the fever pitch was in Costa Rica when these two teams were playing together. And Costa Rica scored first, and we were in, situated in this apartment, kind of in the middle of town, and in probably about a quarter of a mile this way. There was this outdoor big screen where everybody was gathered watching the, the, the soccer match. And really, actually in the opposite direction, there was another one going on down there where people were outdoors watching the game. Again, it's like 2.30 in the morning. Costa Rica scores first. And suddenly you could hear the whole city erupting together in And I walked outside, and you could just hear everybody from their apartment complexes, from the outdoor places where they were celebrating. And they're just shouting this amazing goal. And I've told people, this is what happens when you accept Jesus Christ into your life. A banner goes up, and Jonathan just accepts Jesus Christ, and all of heaven says, yes! I love that story. But when I read this, I get an, a, a different dynamic. <laughs> suddenly, I have to realize that in the midst of all that celebration, a death has to take place, and suddenly everything changes on the inside. My, my mood changes because as much as we love celebration, we don't like death. He <laughs> says, "But you have died. A death has taken place. You see. Jesus not only accepts your forgiveness but, but the realization is that you you have to die he says when cry I mean he saysFor you died and your life is now hidden with Christ that is a powerful reminder of the realization that when I come to Jesus Christ and and I seek him out in forgiveness that that he receives us in his grace but something inside of me has got to to die and that is my will that is my desire that is everything that I have hoped for for me has to surrender and bow to the will of God in in my life and that's the tough part accepts us in our forgiveness, but he asks us, are you willing to surrender to me? Are you willing to lay yourself down in the midst of this? And in the midst of all this celebration, in the midst of us loving and hugging and celebrating this amazing decision to surrender our lives, the realization is that something's got to die. And that's tough for us. You see, that's where we have to Understand how God relates Himself to us, for He is the what I call the master remodeler. How many of you have ever gone through a remodeling process in your home? Well, I got a few. That you know, it's an exciting process, right? You get to go to Lowe's or Home Depot, and you look through all of these things, and you get to pick out those new cabinets and those new floors, and and it just you just imagine in your mind just how wonderful and beautiful this is going to be. Until that day when the guys show up and they start swinging sledgehammers <laughs> and they start pulling up floor and, and everything just totally is a mess. And you see, we love the remodeling process, but we don't like the mess. <laughs> we love for God to do the remodeling, but we, we find ourselves saying, but God, don't touch, don't, don't touch this. Don't touch anything, don't destroy anything in the process, don't make a mess, don't turn my life upside down, because I really don't want to deal with that much inconvenience. But In reality, in order for us to truly die, in order for us to truly understand what this means, we've got to come before him and lay everything down. So what does that look like? Well... Scripture is not going to leave you in the dark on that because the Apostle Paul he continues in his writing and he he gives us an understanding of the kind of things that have to die. And so he says very clearly, put to death, therefore, verse 5, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Everything that belongs to your earthly nature that's got to die. And so he he even makes a list. (laughs) He goes right after the things that have to die. And the first thing, sexual sins, bam! (laughs) And you realize, you know, not a whole lot has changed from then to today. You know, human nature is really the same. And so the same things that were were warring against people back then are still warring against our spirituality. Sexual immorality, imperfection, uh, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed... He goes right after all of these things greed and making an idol of yourself and your own desires. Verse 6 is because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life that you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all these things. And even goes on and, and turns, uh, uh, amplifies things. And he goes after those issues. Such as anger and rage, malice and slander, and filthy language. Man, did he have to say that? <laughs> Someone asked me one time when we were playing golf, and I don't play golf very often, so it you know really kind of amplified. You know, it was important that they pointed out this distinction. They said, "Pastor, you don't cuss when you play golf," and uh, I said, "Well, that's because you don't know Spanish." <laughs> Well, the realization is that everything in our lives everything in our lives it has to be surrendered. He goes on to say stop lying to each other. He mentions it like these are the things that are the most common things that we have to do. And he goes on and keeps on listing things and do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self and its practices and put on a new self which is being renewed And the knowledge and the image of his creator. All of these things. These are the things that we've got to stop doing. These are the things that have got to die. These are the things that have no place in the body of Christ. But they are the very things that oftentimes we just kind of put up with. The kind of things that impact our lives negatively and yet we don't necessarily go through the hard work of making changes. These things never truly die. And we kind of have this mentality that somehow God understands, right? That somehow he just understands. But then he's, he's willing to say, if we will let these things die, there's some other things that will grow up in its place. He says, therefore, in verse 12, as God's chosen holy and chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other in love. Forgive whatever grievances you have against each other. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in unity. These are the things that God is promising to us that if we will let certain things die, that there were other things, better things, more productive things that will grow in its place. Because these are the things that we have to cultivate in our lives in order to understand the spirit of the Lord that is growing within us. These are the things that will live on within us if we will let some other things die. Because if they die, it means Jesus in his presence, his peace, his likeness begins to take over more and more and more of us. But you see, there's some words in here that, that I think are really important for us to understand. He says, he goes on in verse 15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And verse 17 is key. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever you do. Let's just, I don't know if you're able to see that. I I didn't... Put this, I don't know if it, sometimes people will throw those things on there as we read. I don't know if you have your scriptures with you. But it says, whatever. Everybody say, whatever. whatever. Whatever you do, whether in word or deeds. Say that with me. Whether in word or deed. And then do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That that encompasses everything. I mean, everything that we do, wherever we are, whatever we do, whether in word or deed, everything is done for Christ. I mean, I hope you'll understand the impact of these words and understand just how powerful uh, they can be in our lives. For so, You see, we, we find ourselves fighting this battle with trying to understand what it is that God is really serious about and what he's willing to just kind of overlook. There's a cartoon book that I've had in my office. The title of the book is called Church is Stranger Than Fiction. And it's just filled with all these interesting little cartoons, funny things about the image of the church and who the church is. And there's one cartoon that has this image of the pearly gates off in the distance and there's this long line that snakes its way back from the pearly gates. And, and you can see kind of they're passing word back from the gates of, into heaven and passing word back through the, this long line. And there are places where people are going, yes, you, and celebrating all along the way because they're going back through this line. And, uh, and what it, the caption at the bottom says that, um, you know, he's not counting Sunday nights and was back when we had Sunday night services. Everybody remember Sunday night services? Now, everybody had to, if you're a real strong Christian, you not only had to be in church on Sunday morning, but if you're really faithful, you went on Sunday night too, right? And so back then, at that time, the realization, whoo, he's not counting Sunday nights, gave everybody a lot of confidence and you know, a lot of a lot of understanding and that God understands the things in our lives but but we kind of apply that same logic to a lot of other issues right that somehow God will just understand and we find ourselves trying to figure out what is God really serious about what is he really taking serious what is God really going to count for eternity and what he's just going to kind of let slide and i know God is a gracious god But he does look at the entirety of our lives. That as we come before him, we cannot have this this life in church and a life outside of church. We cannot have the things that we feel like God really cares about and the things that he really doesn't care about. Certainly he understands every situation that we're in. But he wants us to bring his spirit, his life into the totality of who we are. Romans 12, 1 and 2 and the message says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into, into it without even thinking instead fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. So this is Take your everyday life, your ordinary, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and placing it all before the Lord as an offering. It's everything. It's everything. It's everything that we do. No cutting corners. Someone said that Christians cannot breathe the air of worldliness and still be godly. It helps us to understand that there's got to be this break in our lives where we've got to breathe in everything that God has for us and and breathe out His presence and His likeness in our lives. And it's a constant uh, process in our lives of taking in all of Him and allowing that to live through us in everything that we do. You know, moms have a way of of, of kind of cutting through a lot of that stuff in our lives. Moms have a way of saying things to us that no one else can say and get away with it, right? And, and there's this saying that my mom uh, said to me that when I think of this, it just kind of rings in my mind. There was a time when obviously she had given me something to do, and I had done it halfway, right? And she said to me, Jonathan, you always do things halfway. And, you know, it just made me mad. It just upset me to no end. You know why? Because she was speaking the truth, right? (laughs) She nailed it. She nailed me in that moment. And I didn't want to hear it because it was the truth. I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want her to have to admit it before her, but she spoke the truth in that moment because I had gone halfway. I had probably, she had probably asked me to clean something up and I just threw everything under the bed. Jonathan, you always go thing do things halfway. She probably told me to dust things and I just kind of dusted around stuff. You know, those are the things that we think we can get away with and yet it's not everything. It's only a little bit. And even today, if I'm doing something and I'm tempted to just cut corners, you can guarantee I can hear my mom's voice in my mind right now. Jonathan, you only always do things halfway, and I go, okay, let me just go the whole way. <laughs> let me do it a right. Let me do what I need to do. There's a guy in my neighborhood that always drives me crazy, and he's right at the corner of the neighborhood where you turn into the the, the development. And obviously he um, he he doesn't like he doesn't take mowing his yard as as seriously as I do. You know what I mean? As a baseball player, my yard, the front yard, has got to look like the infield, right, of a of a baseball field. And so you got to have you know, the lines going straight and cross and diagonal and all of those kind of things. You know, it's just kind of one of those little things, those quirky things. And yet, so he gets on his riding lawnmower and he he mows around and. You know, he's got to mow around trees and mailbox and things like that. But there's this one little step he's missing. And that is, you know, if he just take his weed eater and just go around those things that he had to, that he missed. You know what I mean? Because you can't get everything in a riding lawnmower, right? I and mean, you guys understand my my pain here that I'm feeling? And every day when I'm riding out of my neighborhood, I think, you know, if I just had my weed eater with me, I'd get out and show him, look, you just five minutes longer, just five more minutes. This is what you see how nice it would have looked, you know. And you think of that inner turmoil that we feel when we see those times when maybe just a little bit of effort, more effort or just a little extra time could have made all the difference. And oftentimes I look. Down, I think about how God looks down upon my life, and maybe there are times through His Spirit He's speaking to me, saying, "Jonathan, if you just." Surrender a little more of your heart. Just imagine the difference we can make in, in the world around you. If, you. if you could give me a little bit more of your life, if you give me these talents, if you, instead of holding on to them, if you would just surrender more and more of your life to me, imagine what we could do. Can you imagine the, the times of frustration that God might feel with me because of the things that I withhold? Just a little more. We understand that this is not about works mentality. This is not about earning our salvation and earning God's grace and favor in our lives. We see the last words there is that, or the, the, one of those encouragements that is given to us has to do with the love. That love factor. For it's, It really is about surrendering everything that we have, but we do so out of love right? We do so because there's this sense of love that binds all of these things together in perfect unity. Because I love the Lord, I'm willing to lay myself down. Because He loves me, He is willing to take everything, the good and the bad and the ugly, because He loves me so much in His grace, He is willing to take everything that I'm willing to give Him, and with the promise that I can accomplish, He can accomplish more through everything that I give Him than I could ever have accomplished on my own. And so the call comes to us. Will we be willing to take everything that we do, every aspect of our lives, and surrender that to the Lord? And that is that is our buying groceries time, that is our online time, that is our driving time in spite of the traffic, in spite of what that crazy person in front of me just did. It's its my on-the-phone time, it's my personal time, it's my family time, it's my work time, Every one of those different portions of time that we oftentimes set aside, it's taking all of that and sliding that across the table and saying, Lord, it is all yours. Today, I, as our musicians come and, and they just, uh, I don't know if you guys are usually close with a song. I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember the last time I was here, but... Uh, but if you don't mind, I just any one of those songs that we closed with or that we sang earlier today would just be absolutely appropriate. You just let the Holy Spirit lead you. But I just want to encourage you that in the midst of that, that if there's something in your heart that God has begun to say to you, you know what, I know that I've been a part of this area, this area, and this area, and this area of life, but I just want you to know that there's still one more. There's still another area. There's still something else that is hanging out there, And, and just imagine all that we could accomplish, all the things that could be done in and through your life if there was just this one other. Maybe the Holy Spirit's kind of taken on the voice of my mom and and said, you know what? You're only going halfway. <laughs> and maybe there's some, some area that the Spirit and the Word has kind of pointed to in the course of this and said, it's time for this to die. With the promise that I can bring something better. Something better, stronger, more beautiful for the kingdom of God can grow in its place. I'm just going to be right down here and if... If by chance you just want to come and pray, I'd love to just be able to pray with you. And uh, as we just surrender everything that we have into his hands, make him the center of our lives.